0: Welcome, good morning. It is so wonderful to see you all. Look at all your smiling faces. This is just so great. It feels like the family's back together, right? This is fantastic. We hope you all feel this warm welcome, whether you're online or you're here in person. We're so thrilled to be together to worship the Lord today. If you're on the aisle, hopefully you know what to do. If you can grab that friendship register and pass it along, we'd love to know who's with us this morning. So we're in the last few weeks of our Voices and Vision Summer Series, and I understand that last week's preacher used the same text I used in July. Now, I don't know why you guys need to hear the story of the beheading of John the Baptist twice this summer. I'm a little concerned, but (laughs) I'm not really concerned, but it does highlight how unexpected and delightful it's been to have so many guests. Preaching and speaking this summer. Um, On that note, originally today we had Reverend Catherine Baker, who is going to be our guest preacher. Due to a a situation with a family illness, it will be me, so we should have fun this morning. (laughs) Um, I am joined as liturgist by Rachel Cooley and Kellen Lemler. Of course, most of you are familiar with Rachel, but did you know that her role here at Mayflower has changed? She is now officially the Director of Outreach and Family Ministry. We look forward to the amazing things that Rachel has in store for all of us. And I'm very pleased to announce that Kellen is our new youth pastor. Yay! You can clap or something. This has been a long time coming. (laughs) So we anticipate that Kellen will be a blessing not only to the students, but to all of us. So welcome, Helen. So this morning, uh, if you noticed in your bulletin, we have something new in our liturgy that we've never done before. We are going to have a blessing of the students. After all they've endured through this pandemic, most of them have either started school for a couple days or they start tomorrow. How many of you guys start tomorrow? Yeah. How many of you have already started? Do you have a couple? So at this threshold, starting this school year, we thought it would be appropriate for us as a church family to pray a prayer of blessing over the students. So that's coming up in a little bit. On a housekeeping note, if you're looking up and wondering about the chandeliers, they do not look any cleaner than they did last week. We had a grand group plan to get them sparkling, but due to some safety issues, the lights will be cleaned and inspected fairly shortly by professionals, but we are actively looking for a different project around the church to harness all of that volunteer energy, so stay tuned. Now I'd like to introduce Dr. Julia Brown with a word about today's music.
1: Today, I am happy to welcome Ben Zutowski back to Mayflower. He is our soloist this morning, and his family is here with him, too. He is a member of the Grand Rapids Choir of Men and Boys, and through Scott's uh, wonderful direction of that that organization, we have uh, these connections with uh, some of the boys and Ben is one of our favorites, as uh, you may remember him as Amal in our virtual Amal and the Night Visitor last December, and he's been here a couple other times. Um, he's here singing the psalm of the day, Psalm 84. You will hear the children uh, reading it earlier in the worship, and then you will hear Ben singing it, and I think Ruth is preaching on it. So Maybe. Um, <laughs> If the plans go as planned, it will all make sense, including the hymns. You might wonder, why are we singing two hymns, the opening and the closing? Everything is in our hymnal, but some of the hymns in our hymnal are not as familiar as others. God is here as we, your people, meet to offer praise and prayer. That song came immediately those that text came to mind when Ruth said she would be preaching on the uh, the excitement and the energy behind coming back into this building and God being here and Mayflower being important in our life but then how do we take that out into the world so hopefully you'll will find that connection both in the wonderful words of Reverend Fred, Fred Pratt Green in the opening hymn And also the text of Built on a Rock, a Scandinavian Reformation hymn, which is our closing hymn.
0: Thank you so much, Julia. For those of you who receive our prayer chain every week, I want to share a special thank you. You faithfully pray for our church, its members, and loved ones, and we are very grateful. Many of you have been praying for Lori Wood Lyons recently, and I'm very sad to tell you that she did pass away yesterday. Um, Her service is being planned here for September 3rd at 11 a.m. So please remember her Husband Steve and their extended family in your prayers. And now, Rachel Cooley, our Director of Outreach and Family Ministry, is going to lead our call to worship.
2: For our call to worship this morning, I invite you to join me As we say our familiar words together, they're printed in your bulletin. We believe that faith is a journey, God is good, Jesus saves, and the Spirit leads us towards faith, hope, and love as we honor the dignity of all God's children. Come, let us worship.
3: Will you join me in prayer? Holy Father, we gather in this space to worship you today. We know that you are not limited to dwelling in this place, this building, yet we recognize the sacredness of meeting here. Lord, will you meet us here? Be with us as we read, listen, sing, pray, and fellowship with one another. May we continue on our faith journey and may they bring us in a deeper relationship with you. Amen.
2: It is now my pleasure to welcome all of the students worshiping with us to come forward at this time. For today's psalm, Psalm 84... We have a few students who are going to read it for us. You may feel free to follow along in the Pew Bible on page 420 and 421.
3: How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God.
4: Even the sparrow has found a home in the swallowing nest for herself, where she may have for young a place near your altar. Lord Almighty, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose, whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength, till each appears before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, God of Jacob. Look on our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is sun and shield. For the Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold. From those who walk is blameless. Lord Almighty,
0: blessed is the one who trusts in you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, kids, let's try to maybe move into a little huddle right here. Can we do that? You've spread all the way up. You guys are right up almost in the pulpit over here. Yeah. All right. Let's do a little holy huddle here. If you are comfortable, we're going to kind of lay our hands on these kids. If you want to reach your hand forward and kind of join us symbolically, you are welcome to do that as we now pray a prayer of blessing over these precious students. Oh, holy God, these are our kids. But they're really yours. We dedicate and give them to you. And it's quite evident, as they're wearing their masks this morning, the kids that are not vaccinated, we are in strange days, strange, strange days. But Lord, we know you go before us. We know you hold us in the palm of your hand and that nothing is a surprise to you. So we ask that these students, as they embark on this school year will feel your presence. We pray that their minds can soak up the knowledge that they need to move forward with their lives. We pray that they are wonderful friends. And Lord, we pray that they grow this year in their knowledge and love of you above all else. We pray for their families, their teachers, their fellow students. May your hand of blessing just rain down on them. We are so grateful. So grateful to you and so grateful for these children. So it's in the precious name of Jesus, we pray this prayer of blessing. Amen.
2: All right. At this time, you may either join your family back in the pews or you can come with me. We will be on the playground having popsicles and playing. <laughs>
5: first reading this morning is from Joshua 24 verses 14 through 18. Now, therefore, revere the Lord and serve him in serenity and faithfulness. Put away the gods that your ancestors served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Now, if you are unwilling to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served in the region. Beyond the river of the God of the Amorites, in whose land you are living, but as for me, my household, we will serve the Lord. Then the people answered Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For it is the Lord our God who brought us and our ancestors up from the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, and who did these great signs in our sight. He protected us along all the way that we went and among all the peoples through whom we passed. And the Lord drove out before us all his people, the Amorites who lived in the land. Therefore, we also will serve the Lord, for he is our God. This is the word of the Lord. Our second reading today is a reading from chapter 8, Kings 1. The Solomon assembled the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes, the leaders of the ancestral houses of the Israelites, before King Solomon in Jerusalem, to bring up the ark of the covenant of the Lord out of the city of David, which is Zion. Then the priest brought the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord to its place, in the inner sanctuary of the house, in the most holy place, underneath the wings of the cherubim. And when the priest came out of the holy place, a cloud filled the house of the Lord. So the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the assembly of Israel and spread out his hands to heaven. He said, O Lord, God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven above or on or beneath the earth, keeping covenant and steadfast love for your servants who walk before you with all their heart. The covenant that you kept for your servant, my father David, as you declared to him, you promised with your mouth, And have this day fulfilled with your hand. Therefore, O Lord, God of Israel, keep for your servant, my father David, that which you promised him, saying, There shall never fail you a successor before me to sit on the throne of Israel. If only your children look to their way to walk before me, as you have walked before me. Therefore, O God of Israel, let your word be confirmed which you promised to your servant, my father David. But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Even heaven and the highest heaven cannot contain you, much less this house that I have built. Regard your servant's prayers and his plea. O oh Lord, my God, heeding the cry and the prayer that your servant prays to you today, that your eyes may be opened night and day towards this house. The place of which you said, my name shall be there, that you may heed the prayer that your servant prays towards this place. Hear the plea of your servant and of your people Israel when they pray towards this place. Oh, here in heaven, your dwelling place, heed and forgive. Likewise, when a foreigner who is not of your people Israel comes from a distant land because of your name, for they shall hear your great name your mighty hand, your outstretched arm, when a foreigner comes and prays towards this house, then hear in heaven your dwelling place and do according to all that the foreigner calls to you so that all the peoples of the earth may know your name and fear you as do your people Israel and so that they may know that your name has been invoked on the house that I have built. This is the word of the Lord.
0: Please pray with me. Holy God, we hold this space together, a space of anticipation, a space of questions, a space of grounding. May we be grounded in you, assured that you are who you say you are. May we explore the questions that our hearts ponder, and may we live with great anticipation for what you have in store for us. May we not grow sleepy or weary, but may our lives be infused with the holy energy that comes from knowing you. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So our daughter moved recently. She graduated from college and she moved to Chicago to her first apartment. I really can't still believe it, but her place is darling. It has a roof deck with fantastic views of the city in Lake Michigan. She and a roommate each have their own room, and they're decorating the common space with furniture she has pillaged from our house, uh, items collected from Facebook Marketplace, and things she's picked up at Home Goods. It's actually quite darling. The one thing she mentioned when apartment shopping was that this particular building has a doorman. I want to say door person to be, uh, you know, gender neutral, but a doorman. I find a sense of relief, relief in this particular housing detail. There is someone in the lobby of her building 24-7 to ensure that those coming into the building are residents and invited guests. There is a person on duty. Isn't that marvelous? There's a presence upon entrance to her building that welcomes and protects. In our psalm this morning that was read by our students, verse 11 states, For a day in your courts is better than 1,000 elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than live in the tents of the wicked. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God. I would rather be a welcoming and protective presence 24 7 in the building of God. Better is one day there than a thousand elsewhere. So, what might this mean for us today? And how might this connect to our other scripture passages? As I've mentioned before, I have followed the lectionary for preaching texts for this last year. I'm sorry, Ken, that was a doozy. <laughs> Not all of our voices and vision speakers have, hence the repeated texts about John the Baptist. But I enjoy the challenge and opportunity to sit and wrestle with these texts that I would not maybe normally choose to preach on. So our Old Testament lecture texts include Psalm 84 and the verses we read from Joshua and 1 Kings. But let's first look at Joshua. Here is the leader Joshua addressing all of the Israelite tribes. And they have, at this point, been established in the Promised Land, and the times of invasion, conquest, and warfare are behind them. Joshua is nearing the end of his life, and he gives the people a sort of charge. Are you going to serve the Lord or the gods of your ancestors? After all the Israelites have witnessed about the power of the one true God, how could this even be a question? Well, apparently it was. Joshua does not talk trash about these other gods. He just simply states, choose this day whom you will serve. Perhaps in their comfort, the people had not put away the gods that their ancestors served. Perhaps their memories of God's deliverance and provision had faded as life got better. One writer puts it this way, The question for the people, then, is how they will remember their history and whether this history of God's acts will be the basis of their identity going forward. Had they forgotten all God had done for them, would this impact the future of their very identity? Joshua, who at this point has nothing to lose, feels the need to be bold and ensure that the people know there's a choice before them and they must commit. Joshua's own response to his charge of choose this day whom you will serve is one of the most familiar lines of the entire Old Testament. Maybe you've seen this phrase on plaques and home decor. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Perhaps this is an opportunity for us to ponder this same question. How do we narrate our own past and present? How do we see God working both in our own lives and in the life of this church? Do we need to stop this morning and think about how, through Christ, we have been delivered from sin and death, we have hope and joy, and life eternal is our future? Do we need to stop and acknowledge how the Lord has sustained Mayflower through the pandemic, through leadership change, through massive cultural shifts? Our future is best framed by our past, where we have been. God has been with us and will continue to be with us as we step into a future that might seem uncertain. Yet if God is with us, we can be assured that the best is yet to come. As doorkeepers in the house of God, is this part of our proclamation? Therefore, we also will serve the Lord, for he is our God. But what about this passage from 1 Kings? Where and how does this one fit? In this text, King Solomon is praying at the dedication of the temple. The previous chapter to the one that we read, uh, It has all the details of how it took seven years for the temple's construction. Only the finest materials were used, and the temple was absolutely astonishing. But in this morning's passage, the Ark of the Covenant is brought into the Holy of Holies, the innermost sanctuary of the temple. The cloud signifying the glory of the Lord fills the space to such an extent that the priests can't even do their job. God is present with the people. The cloud of God is in that place. We might also say God's spirit, God's cloud, is in this place too, right? Yet Solomon's prayer is clear that God does not live in the temple. He questions, but will God indeed dwell on earth? Even heaven, and the highest heaven, cannot contain you, much less this house I have built. Here, the temple is the apex of religious life for the Jewish people. And the anticipation of the completion of this beautiful building must have been extraordinary. And then to have the cloud of God fill it, the cloud that led the Israelites through the desert, to be in that place reminding them of the God that's with them, Emmanuel. Yet, in Solomon's deep wisdom, he acknowledges that God's presence is not contained in a magnificent structure. As Christians, we believe that the Holy Spirit of God was given to the believers at Pentecost. We believe that not only is every human created in the image and likeness of God, and that this mystical, fantastical God spark lives in each of us, we get to choose what we do with that. Do we proclaim the risen Christ, and are we led by the Holy Spirit to faith? hope, and love as we honor the dignity of all God's children. Or do we not? If our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit, as Paul writes in 1 Corinthians, then might we look at Solomon's prayer with a new perspective? Clearly, God is not contained by our human bodies, just as God was not contained in the temple. Yet, Solomon prays, Regard your servant's prayer and his plea, That your eyes may be open night and day toward this house, the place of which you said, my name shall be here. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my bodily temple, God's name shall be here. As for us in this Mayflower house, we will serve the Lord. As for us in this Mayflower beautiful temple, God's name shall be here. These are good reminders for us, aren't they? How and where do we serve God, and where is God's name? Here at Mayflower, I often hear about how much people love this physical space, the architecture, the building, the attention to detail. This came to mind as I was studying the temple and Solomon's attention to the most minute detail, how fantastic the temple completion must have been. You'll be hearing this fall, about all kinds of plans to repair and improve our physical structure. One project is to refresh the parlor, to repair what needs to be repaired, and to restore its beauty as a gathering space in this church. I have a feeling this is going to be kind of expensive, and we'll likely have folks who push back on the expense feeling think the money should be spent elsewhere. And there's certainly room for dialogue and conversation around things like this. And, of course, we need to be good stewards with the resources God entrusts to us. The parlor is a room here where Bible studies meet, where I pray with families prior to the funerals of their loved ones, where we host all kinds of gatherings for people who might be interested in making Mayflower their church home. Having a lovely and welcoming space will be helpful for these meetings and purposes. Yet God does not live in the carpet and furniture of the parlor, or the polished pews you sit in, or the soon-to-be sparkling chandeliers. God is not contained in architecture. God's cloud of presence can certainly be with us, but because of Christ and the Holy Spirit's indwelling, God lives in us. The parlor, room, or any of the spaces in this church are only beautiful if we bring our individual temples of the Holy Spirit into them. As Solomon dedicated the temple, he acknowledged that God cannot be contained by the highest heaven. God does not dwell here, but we do. God in us dwells here. Everywhere we go, with every person we encounter, we take God with us. This is quite powerful. But what about the doorkeepers mentioned in Psalm 84? Those who reside on the threshold. Those who welcome, those who share the invitation, those who hold the door open. King David is credited with writing the majority of the Psalms, but interestingly enough, Psalm 84 is credited to the sons of Korah. Not literal sons, but rather the descendants of Korah, known as the Korahites. Why are they psalmists? Who was Korah? Korah is known as a leader at the time of Moses, who challenged Moses' authority. By questioning Moses' leadership, Korah inherently questioned God's authority and leadership. Uh Uh-oh. In the book of Numbers, chapter 16, you can find the account where... God opens the earth and swallows Korah and his contingent and next creates a fire that burns the rest of those who supported his insurrection. It's quite a vivid account. God is clearly not one to be questioned, and God's judgment is severe. Yet some of Korah's offspring survive and are able to continue his lineage. Eventually, these descendants become doorkeepers and soldiers for King David roughly 500 years later. So for the few that survive this horrific judgment, their descendants find grace. And not only grace, but they become important as doorkeepers, the worship space of the Lord. This psalm, they write, was likely a song they sang. And its message is one board of experience. Better is one day in the courts of the Lord. Better to be a doorkeeper Here than to be in opposition to the one true God. If we are seeking to be aligned with God, then we can also take up this mantle of doorkeeping, can't we? But like the question posed by Joshua to the Israelites, who are we going to serve and how are we going to serve? As doorkeepers, we can be greeters or we can be bouncers. Are we actively practicing our welcome and invitation to all, or are we trying to keep out those who don't belong? Solomon's words in First Kings include his plea that the temple would be a house of prayer, where joys and sorrows are expressed, and that this place would welcome those who suffer to find solace and hope. And Solomon, I wonder if you caught this, Solomon specifically mentions the foreigner. Perhaps this is critical because it is so often the foreigner who is excluded. Are those on the margins, those who are not like us, those who we deem inferior, those with sketchy pasts or sketchy ancestors, are they welcome? Or are we cautious that our clean beautiful temples might be tarnished? There is a warning for us in Solomon's prayer. We are not to be bouncers in the house of the Lord those who think we know who is welcome and who is not. Alas, this would be challenging God's leadership and God's authority. No, our invitation as doorkeepers is not to become people of exclusivity, but people open to something new, ready to experience what God has in store for us as we grow in our love and knowledge of the Holy One. So as we ponder our physical church, and the temple that resides in each of us, wouldn't we rather be doorkeepers in the house of the Lord, where God's name shall be and where all are welcome, where the foreigner has a place and where grace abounds? Wouldn't we rather be here than anywhere else? Yes. In the name of the Creator, the Christ, and the Holy Spirit, amen.
3: As kingdom doorkeepers, we have the unique opportunity to demonstrate our faith in many ways. And one of the ways we do this is by giving, recognizing that all we have is God's, and may God use whatever resources we have for God's glory and purpose. The ushers will come forward to receive today's offering. And whether you give in person today, text to give, or give online, we are grateful for your presence and thankfulness.
0: Holy God, we desperately want to be good stewards, faithful stewards. So we pray that we are with every gift, tithe, and offering that comes in through this church. May they bring you glory, honor, and praise. Amen. You may be seated. Now is the time for our congregational prayer. Can you hear me? Oh, good. Victory. (laughs) Do we have any prayer requests or notes of praise you would like to share with the congregation this morning? Yes? Okay. Sarah Sadler, Kateri's asking for prayer for the Sadler family. Her husband just passed away at age 42. This is a family that... A cousin. Okay. Oh, I'm so sorry. Okay, we will pray for the Saddlers. Yes. We will absolutely pray for Afghanistan. Yes. 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 Many of you have seen the image of the cargo planes full of people desperately trying to get out of Afghanistan. We will be praying for that as well this morning. Anyone else? Well, let us join our hearts together this morning as we approach the throne of grace. Dear Holy God, the world is a very crazy place. Whether it's something happening to our neighbor, our cousin, a parishioner, or people all over the world, the weight of suffering can feel completely debilitating. We lift up to you the Sadler family, Sarah, who's lost her life partner, her husband, for all of them as they grieve a life cut short too soon. And Lord, we pray for Steve Lyons and Lori's family as they are grieving her death as well. Our hearts are heavy, so heavy. Death is not your way. You are the God of life, and grief comes like waves, so be with us as we ride those waves. And Lord, those images burned into my mind and many of ours of the people of Afghanistan so desperate to leave, so fearful of the future. And for soldiers who are trying to help, soldiers that are fleeing in the country, and our soldiers who are trying to make a difference, the suffering that everyone's bearing witness to is beyond what we can imagine. And Lord, we think of the country of Haiti and all the devastating things, one after the other, that happened on that island. We know you're working. We know you're big. We know you are the God of love. But sometimes we just have to say, why? For raging fires on one coast of our country and the other coast batten down the hatches for a storm that's about to hit this afternoon. And Lord, there's so much fear. There's so much fear, whether it's the Delta variant or natural disasters or sickness and illness. But you are not the God of fear, so how do we walk into this space knowing that we are loved, knowing that you're bigger than all of the calamities put together, and that you hold us, as I prayed earlier over those children, you hold us in the palm of your hand. And we can, with great joy and assurance, know that this is not all there is. So be with us, Lord, as we struggle as those around us struggle. Help us to bring light. Help us as doorkeepers in your kingdom to say, come on in. The invitation is open because it's better. It's better with you. One day is better than a thousand elsewhere. Please remind us of that this week. And again, as these students return to school, people head back to work with all the questions. Lord, be with us. You are in us. You are with us. Guide us today and always. And as we are guided, may we never forget the prayer that Jesus taught as a marker for all of our lives as well. And with one voice we pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. On earth, as it is in heaven. And give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation. Diver us. Power and the glory. Amen. May Flower House choose to serve the Lord, and may our individual temples also choose to serve the Lord. And in so doing, may we find that this is better. One day in the presence or courts of God is better than a thousand elsewhere. Go in peace. Amen. <laughs> Taller. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Did you sing this piece too? Yeah. It's such a great piece.